Boy, I was like, hurry up. I'm ready. Oh, man, worship today. Amazing. I was ready then. I, yes, hallelujah. Oh, I love when it says, not for a minute I was forsaken. Ha-ha, <laughs> I love that. Not for a minute. There's times, there's times in my life I thought nobody was around. But Jesus said, not for a minute I forsake you. I love it. I hope, is it okay if, um, uh, if, if I'm a little crazy today? All right, all right, good, good. I was wondering how I, I would respond, how you respond to that. Because sometimes I don't get the chance to speak in a way that allows me to fly. Allows me to cut loose. Allow me to say what I want to say. Look undignified. Look like a fool. Can I look like a fool this morning with you guys? Good. I'm ready for that. Many of us have been blessed with a heritage of faith. With a faith that goes back generation to generation. I don't know if you've had a, ever had a praying grandma. Anybody had a praying grandma get you through? Yeah. My grandma would pray for my dad. And then my dad became a pastor. And then my, my grandma still was praying. <laughs> Probably twice as much before he got saved. And boy, I thank God for a praying grandmother. Thank God that, that she was there to help me through. Do you not know that the heritage, that you didn't get here by circumstance? Do you know that you are sitting here today not because you got yourself up, but God got you up. He gave you the breath to breathe this morning so that you can get up. Did you know that, that God was working all along? Not one minute were you forsaken. You were here this morning because of God, because of a praying grandma. I don't know why it is with grandmas, but they like to pray. I want a couple of them. And uh, I will donate any praying grandma. I, will, I, will, I would like to be adopted by any praying grandmas. If you're a praying grandma, I want to be adopted by you. I still need it. We have roots that we must pass on. We, we got to pass on to our children and our children's children. I didn't get here by circumstance. I didn't get here by myself. I, I needed somebody. I, I thank God that, that not for a minute he forsaken me. You know, I, I'm a youth pastor back in the States. And, and, uh, and I know that there are a lot of crazy things out there. You know, I, I say that, I say this because... There are things that students are, are, are seeing, are being, uh, having experiences that I never had when I was a kid. When, when it was at night and TV was done, I, you had the national anthem, and then it shut off. You had the bar, you, you, it just went boom, you're done. It was just, it was just like static. And you can sit there and stare at the static and try to get something out of it. Or you can just go ahead and turn off the TV. That's not so. Now, we got TV in our hands. 
We got TV in our pockets. And man, there are some evil things out there. I mean, even the cartoons are nasty. They have snapshots of false reality on these TV shows. They think it's reality. They think that's what they want. And they try to live out the life that they are seeing. And they find themselves discouraged. We got to be ones who will help pass on. That's our responsibility. Is it because, I wonder if, if it could be that the world has a, a better job at evangelizing than the church has with this message. I don't know. Could it be a reflection that how selfish or comfortable we have become? It's not what you know. It's what you show. And we got to teach our children. we got to let them know how good God is. we we gotta, we got to let them see that we praise God in the good times, but also in the bad. Also in the bad. we got to do that. All right, that's sermon number one. Let's go to sermon number two. I want to look today in Acts chapter 26, verse 19 through 26. You can turn, if you will. And Paul is uh, about to, he's about to, he's, he's coming upon King Agrippa. It says, first to those in Damascus, and then those in Jerusalem, and all Judea, and then to the Gentiles. I preach that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. Not what you know, what you show. That is why some Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But God has helped me to this very day. Everybody say, but God. When they were trying to kill Paul, the very people that he hung around with, went to college with, grew up with, was in the best place with, they were trying to seize him. But he said, but God has helped me to this very day. Not one minute did he forsake me. So I stand here and testify to small and great alike. I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and the Moses had would say. That the Messiah would suffer and at the first to rise from the dead would bring the message to light to his own people and to the Gentiles. At this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You are out of your mind. I love it. Has anybody said that to you? Has anybody said you're out of your mind? Then it's been too long. Maybe you're too reserved. Maybe, maybe you're doing what everybody else is doing. But when you do some things that God wants you to do, it looks like you're out of your mind. It's countercultural. It's different when everybody else is doing. You're kind of walking like this, what everybody else does. And they say, I'm worried what people may say. I don't want to get out of line. We are peculiar people. We stand out. People ought to say, you're out of your mind for doing that. You say, yeah, 
He said, and, and he said, I'm not insane, most excellent Festus. I, Paul replied, what, what I am saying is true and responsible. The king is familiar with these things, and I, can't, I can speak freely to him. I love this last sentence. For I am convinced that none of this has escaped his, uh, his notice because it was not done in the corner. How many of y'all say, yeah, I like to testify, but in a corner? I don't want anybody to know who I am. I don't want anybody to look at me and say, you're insane. You're out of your mind. But Paul wasn't worried about that. He knew whatever was done was not done in the corner. I want you to say this morning, I'm not by myself. Ready? I'm not by myself. That's my message today. I'm not by myself. Whew. Isn't it good to know you're not by yourself? We are not by ourselves. God, we come before you this morning. And God, I thank you everything you brought me through, everything that I've seen you do. When I thought I was alone, I was not by myself. I can believe now with truth that in the future I won't be by myself, that you are here with me. God, we pray right now that you will help us to, to surrender the things we're holding on to that's not eternal. We're holding on to things that will go to dust, that will burn up. But God, help us to hold on to something that will last forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Why do we feel alone sometimes? Why do we feel alone in a, in a large room such as this? We can be in a large room like this, and, and we can feel the most alone we have ever felt. I, you can go to Walmart and, and, and walk like this, trying to buy stuff, and, and it, it, it can be so crowded, and you can feel like you're the only person in the room. It happens to us sometimes. But it is possible to live alone and not be alone. Maybe because maybe you don't trust somebody. Maybe you don't trust some people that you're with. But let me tell you something. Even the strongest person will have a frown one time. Well, even the person that feels like they're on, they can take care of everything, they will feel alone. And they will begin to, to get down. But I want to say you're not alone. But God. But God. But God sent me here today. I'm working on this message this week. And what's so awesome is that how the worship came together. And he sent me here today to tell you that you are not in this by yourself. You thought you were. You, you might have flown thousands of miles. This may be your first day. This may be your last day. But listen, you are not in this by yourself. There are times when you feel like, how am I going to pay the bill? Why am I sitting in a room by myself? But you're not. God wants to speak to you today and say, whatever I have for you, understand that you are not by yourself. You are not alone in this battle. Because Paul said, I had help from God. Help. I love having help from God. 
Now, I can get help from others to, to maybe carry uh, couches or to carry TV. Uh, and, and those are temporary things. But can you imagine when God says, I can help you with this? When you, I, I even today asked somebody, can you help me? Because I was trying to iron this shirt. I could not fold it back. And I was trying to find anybody. Can you help me fold this back? I don't want to leave it like this. You know, uh, I'm going to get in trouble. And, uh, and, I, and so I, I went for help. And, and, and she couldn't hardly even get it done. And she said, I'll get it later in Spanish. I, knew, I didn't know. I think that's what she said. She says, no prob- problem or whatever. And I walked away and, and she took care of it. But when God says, listen, I'm going to help you through this. Believe me, he's going to help you through it. You are not by yourself. I love that. Paul, in this, in this section here in Acts, he was beginning to go in a down a spiral slide, a, a down slide, heading down, and, and, and he, was, he was out of his luck. Have you ever been out of your luck? Have you been ever just out of luck? You feel like nothing else, nothing's working, nothing's happening, and then all of a sudden, but God, and help comes. Because he's not going to leave you. You are not in it by yourself. See, sometimes we get in situations we never thought it would ever happen. Never thought I'd be sick. Never thought I'd be in the bathroom all day long. Never thought I'd be fighting cancer. Never thought that my mom would die. Never thought that my husband would leave me. Never thought that my wife would leave me. Never thought that I would lose everything. Never thought about that. Never thought that I would have a child on drugs. Has anybody had a never thought? Never thought I would move all the way over here and have nothing. Never thought about it. But God reminds us about it. See, Paul meets King Agrippa. I want to let you in on the story here. Paul meets King Agrippa. And Agrippa has Paul in his hands. Now see, Paul, back in the day, probably would have had lunch with King Agrippa. But now the roles are reversed. Now King Agrippa has him. And I want you to know how serious this situation is that Paul is in. Some of us think we might be in a serious situation. But I want you to know what Paul, how Paul's serious situation was and how he responded. King Agrippa... great-grandfather signed a decree to have baby Jesus killed. King Agrippa's grandpa had John the Baptist beheaded just because of a dance. King Agrippa's father had the first disciple stoned. And it's one of those things that he knew he was coming against somebody that was, gonna, that was dangerous. He knew he was coming against something that seems impossible odds. He was coming against something that at like this and for nothing he could die. His friends were after him. That used to be his friends. And, and now that he became a Christian, even the disciples were a little bit scared, not trusting what he had to say. And now he comes and here comes Paul approaching King Agrippa in this passage. And and he wants to represent himself. What happens when we go to a, a trial and, he, and we come and we say, I want to represent myself? 
You know what that means? That means you're a fool. You go try to represent yourself in a court of law in a place you know nothing about. The, 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 the different laws and the rules and everything they got there. And you're just, you just, you? But that's what Paul did. Paul was representing himself. He says in there, he says, I find myself happy that I'm speaking to you. I've been waiting for this moment. And I'm like, he just want, he wanted to get to the issue. He want, listen, I'm 46 years old. When I was younger, I used to tiptoe around issues. I used to skate around issues because I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I said, well, someone else will tell them the truth. I, I don't want that to be me. But listen, as I've gotten older, let me get to the issue. Let's get this done. Let's rip that Band-Aid off and go. I think sometimes we want to tippy, tippy-toe. That's, I don't know if that's Spanish, but, but we try to skate around the issue because we're afraid. Because we think we're alone. But we ain't alone. Not one minute when we're ever alone. We are got to get to those issues. And Paul's right here. He's like, I'm going to get to this issue right here, right now. I've been, I've been waiting for this moment. He knows how King Agrippa, how dangerous he is. How at any moment he can say, you're out. But he was excited. Because he couldn't help. He, he, he knew that what he had to share couldn't contain itself in the corner. Come on. Paul wanted to confront the issue. He, he told things about himself, you know. He, he began to witness about his conversion because he knew he was changed. He, he wanted to talk about his life and what happened to him. And it just brings me up to a question that I've heard before that, that, I'm, that I heard. If, if you were persecuted... It, it, for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence for you? I'm not talking about enough evidence here at the church. Because I know we can play a good game. I know that we can say the right things. Because everybody kind of says the right things sometimes. We can come with a smile on our face. And, and uh, we, can, we, can, we can pretend for an hour. Or two hours or whatever. But I want to know, is there enough evidence that... that Claims that we are who we say we are, that we have been changed. Not just church, but what about your workplace that people know? Uh, What about the places that you shop? What about the apartment or place that you live in? Do they have enough evidence against you to say you are who you say you are? Because they see a change in your life. Paul said, I heard a great voice and it knocked me off my horse. He began to talk about it. He said, he said it changed me. It, it, it radically changed the way that I do things. How have you been changed? I saw some of you worshiping God. I'm, I'm wondering uh, when the worship is done and when the tongue is done, how is it where you are in your work at the place that you shop? Are you still praising God? Are you saying just right, just, just in this little box right here, that's all I'm going to worship but do they have enough evidence where you're at Paul was declaring he said I've been different I'm changed how are you different can you show me what you used to do that you don't do now 
Come on, listen to what I just said. Is there anything because of what you've been changed into? God has changed you. Is there anything from there that you used to do that you don't do now? Are you still holding on to something that will leave you? Or do you want to cling on to nothing else? Because all we need, all we need is Jesus. Because everything else will leave us. Everything else will go away, but not God. Paul said, Jesus turned me around. Turn me around. I, I don't run with the people I used to. I, I, I don't have, my habits have changed. I don't do what I used to do. I, I, my thinking has changed. Everything about me has changed. My direction has changed. I used to be this way for myself, but now I'm whatever God wants me to be. Because when I was going this direction, I was alone. I was, you know, I need God. I said, devil, you can't take what I don't know. Try to destroy what I do know. I am not alone. I am not by myself. Woo! Thank God I'm not by myself. If I was by myself, I wouldn't even been here today. I would have destroyed myself. I would have put myself under. Easy. But I'm not by myself. I know I've been changed. You need to have evidence. You need to have evidence if you want to get through some impossible things this year. You got to believe, though, that you're not by yourself. Paul said, I became what I hated. I became a Christian on the way to go kill Christians. He, 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 had a, he, he had a never thought. I never thought on the way to go kill Christians, I'd be one. <laughs> There's times that you just never thought. And it comes along because God is there. After he'd been, you know, making that decision and, you know, of, of being a Christian. And, and, you know, his Jewish friends hated me, he said. And, and my fellow Christians that, that I learned to know was, was beginning to not, they didn't trust me. They were scared of me. He said, I was in it all by myself. Have you ever been in something all by yourself? Have you ever felt like, where's everybody at when I needed help? He said, the Jews are trying to kill me in in, in scripture verse. He said, trying to kill me uh, uh, for being what I was trying to kill myself. See, he, he said, I got knocked off a horse. Uh, I, I was left for dead. I was blind. I got up blind. I started walking blind. I went to jail, and at midnight, an angel came and shook the jail cell. I've been bit by a snake, thrown in jail, been stoned. And despite all this, even though everyone turned against me, don't you think for a minute I was in it by myself? God was there. God was there. I received help. He said, I received help from God. He said to King Agrippa, I don't know what you're going to do with me. But after receiving help on God with, with nobody here to represent me but myself, I don't believe one minute that, I was, that I'm here all alone. The devil is a liar. You are not here on your own. 
You are not fighting this battle on your own. And I know the enemy will try to tell you this. I know the enemy will try to get you to say, but no one understands my circumstances. No one's ever gone through what I've been through. No one get, no, no one even, they don't even know. I'm not here. God, though, if he's before us, who can be against us? Power over struggles in our lives. We need that power from God. We need that help. I'm not living by myself. I want you to know, you're not living by yourself. You're not going through divorce by yourself. You you ain't living without a job by yourself. You're not looking at a decision hard to make by yourself. You may look at that decision and say, man, it's, it's a tough decision. But you're not by yourself. Sometimes I don't, you, you're, you're not without any money by yourself. You're not dealing with something so enormous that it seems impossible by yourself. Paul was trying to convince them of this. God doesn't need anything you thought you lost to bless you. He'll take what you got. You thought, well, I lost a lot of time. I lost a lot of friends. He said, listen, I'll take whatever you got and I'll get where you need to go. Because help is on its way. And you ain't doing this by yourself. I'm with you. God is with you today. God is wanting to help you today if you're willing. He will use what you got left because what you lost was unessential to your purpose anyway. You hear that? He'll take what you lost because what you lost was unessential for your purpose anyway. You thought, ma'am, I, I lost so much. I'm losing so much. I'm not in the promotion that I thought I was. I'm not where I thought I could be. He said, don't worry about it. That was unessential. You weren't thinking about me. You were thinking about yourself. And I just want you to know whatever you think you don't have, you have in me. And we can get you there. Even just a little bit. I, I love telling my students sometimes where they think from a scale to 1 to 10, they think, well, I, I'm just a 2. I said, all right, well, let's take that 2. Jesus will add an 8 and make you a 10. That's what he does. That's how he does things in your life. You may be afraid, but don't be afraid because God got your back. He who begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He didn't start this thing to end now. He didn't start this thing to begin to make you feel like God ain't here. He's here. You're not by yourself. He's in it to win it for everything. Mm, mm, mm. So what do you do? As I close today, what is it that you are afraid of? What is it that you're worried about? What it, that, that, that you may think that others may think about you? What is it about you that if you, if you didn't have that fear, if you didn't have that worry, that you would be doing it on your own, what would you do? You need to ask that question because we ain't dreaming big enough if, you, if, you're, if you're not thinking that way. If you're thinking, I, I want to do what, what I see on my piece of paper, I, w- I want to be able to make sure that everything is fine, that everybody thinks I'm, you know, doing great. But you're not thinking big enough. You need to know, if God be for me, 
If God be with me, if God's alongside of me, if God is with me, who do I have to fear? I want us to think of ways that say, if God's with me, what am I doing standing around? Why am I not saying something about God on the outside of this place? I don't need to be afraid. I'm not going to speak it on my own. God will be there. I'm I'm not doing this by myself. God is with you. If you know only one thing, know this. You are not in this thing by yourself. That has been the most comforting thing in my life to know through it all. I'm not by myself. I'm not by It's not just anyone with me. Hear what I'm saying. It's not anybody with me. It's God Almighty who is helping me. Whatever life hands you. The last verse, I love when Paul says, I'm convinced that none of this has escaped his notice because it was not done in a corner. I know that when someone, when I got changed, uh, I didn't keep it in a box. I know when there are things in my life that I know God is working, it, it didn't stay right here. I know that the praise that we just experienced this morning doesn't end here. It's going to keep on going. You're going to remember, this is, I, God is with me. You're going, you're going to think God's going to speak to you and say, do this, say this. And you go, I don't know. And God's going to say, listen, you're not doing it by yourself. This means when God changes you, it's not going to just be kept in secret. It means that when he shows up, he shows off in the way he does best. Lastly, I just say this. Start gathering up your evidence. Because time's going to come when, when God's going to bring the great things through your life. And you need to make sure that you realize that God is with you. That there are things that, that, that you don't, can't be still about God when, when God's changed you. Things you used to do, you don't do anymore. That every decision you make is Christ-centered. You're not making a decision based upon finances. You're not making a decision based upon how comfortable am I going to be. You make the decision based upon if God before me, if God is with me, I'm not going to do this on my own. So today, this morning, if there are some things in your life and that you feel like the evidence, I need that God help me with the evidence. Help me to, to notice that the things and the decisions that I've been making, I've been making on my own. That I forgot that you were there. I forgot that I, call, I can call upon you and you can rescue me. I need to be reminded, you need to be reminded that you are not on your own. You're not in this by yourself. And when you have the thought that you're, it's not in it by yourself, then I think all things are possible. All things can be possible if we recognize that. We don't got to be afraid. We can be like Peter when he stepped out on the water because he knew If he focused on Jesus, he can do it. He was there. Call me out, he said to Peter. Or Peter said to Jesus, and he did. Called his name, and God's calling your name right now. There's something, there's a decision that you need to make that you feel like I'm not making it because I'm going to do it by myself. Listen, no matter the decision you're going to make, you're not in it by yourself. But the evidence needs to be sure. You need to say, Lord Jesus... Forgive me of my selfish ways. I need you. And if that's you here 
this morning, then we can make a remedy right here, right now. I want you just to bow your heads with me today, if you will. Every head bowed. And I just want you to have a little courage today. I want you to recognize that maybe you've been doing some things on your own. Maybe you've been kind of thinking that it's your agenda. And you've forgotten God's agenda in your life. If there's anybody here this morning that, that said, I, I haven't, I've been doing it on my own. And I, and I need to recognize that I'm not on my own. That I need God. And I need to give him, I need to give my decisions over to him. Raise your hand. Amen. Amen. I see that hand. I see that hand. Yes. 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 Anyone else? Anybody else tired of doing it on your own and want to recognize that God is there with you? Raise your hand. Amen. 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 You may put your hand down. God, we come before you this morning. God, thank you for reminding us that through it all, even though we may feel alone, we're not in this by ourselves. We're not in it by ourselves. That you're with us in the hardest times, in the good times, in the bad times. We thank you, God. God, I pray for those that raised their hands this morning. God, that you'll help them to gather their evidence. God, I pray the decisions that they're about to make, that, they, that you will reveal yourself to them. That they can step out, believing that it will not be empty. But you will have a solid foundation of the truth and the promise that you're there. Make their, I pray, God, that they will... Make every decision based on the fact that they're not in it by themselves. That they can come against someone like King Agrippa and be excited. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.